How many of you are glad that God is faithful? Faithful. God never changes. Everything around us can change. God never changes. God's character never changes. God's Word never changes. God's promises never change. God's power never changes. Great is thy faithfulness. You know one of the other things that that never changes about God? His love never changes. And I was reading a quote from one of my buddies in the States this morning. Instagram, great source of biblical truth. God accepts us as we are and God doesn't leave us as we are. Both of those things, whilst on the surface might seem paradoxical, they're actually both fueled by love. Because of God's unconditional love, He accepts us just as we are. And because of God's unconditional love, He doesn't leave us just as we are. He's about transforming us, not to make life worse for us, not to make, but so that we can be more fruitful. Great is His faithfulness that can translate in our lives into fruitfulness. And we've been teaching for the last couple of weeks around this idea of bearing fruit from, again, what might seem on the surface paradoxical, a message series we call The Power of Same. The big idea is that the key to change is more of the same. Hang in there. If you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, you can pick up on our podcast, of course. But this message today is actually uh, part two of my message from last week. And so in case you missed it, give you a little skinny version last week, I taught a message called The Problem is the Pattern. And the big idea is that if you don't like the product, whatever it is, you don't like your relationships, you don't like your health situation, you don't like your financial situation, if you don't like any product in your life, don't scream at the product. The product's not gonna change because you scream at it. The product's not gonna change because you get frustrated about it. In fact, I even went so far as to say the product's not gonna change in most cases, even if you pray about it, because the product is the result of the pattern. And if you wanna change the product, you have to change the pattern. Having said that, God's in it. If we can change the pattern, God can change the product. That's last week. Today's message is a follow-on from that. Now, full disclosure, we're about preaching good news. Jesus came to bring the good news. Jesus is the good news. However, today, I'm just letting you know up front that I'm going to adorn you with a message that is a very healthy blend of good news and frustration intertwined. And you won't know which is which until it comes. You're just going to have to hang in there for the next 30 minutes. I'm going to preach about five Words. I'm going to preach only five words, <laughs> dreaming. Uh, I'm going to preach on a, a message that revolves around five words. And these are five words that we don't like to hear. We don't like to hear these five words when we take our car in for a service. We don't like to hear these five words when we're having our bathroom renovated. We don't like to hear these five words when we're sitting in the emergency waiting room at the hospital with our sick child. These five words are intensely 
frustrating, but they're intensely important. These are five words I love to say to people who are getting baptised, people who have chosen to follow Jesus, who are making a public declaration of their faith and, 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 are, and are longing for this transformation that they know Jesus can bring them. I love to say these five words to them. I love to say these five words to the, to the guy or the girl who's, who's planning or launching a new church or, or maybe taking over an existing church. And, and, they, and they start that process with, with a vision from God and, and, a, and a passion to see that church flourish and to see that church impactful in its community. I love to say these five words to that church builder. I love to say these five words to the addict who, who, who's reached rock bottom and has come to their senses and realised that they need to turn their life around. I love to say these five words to them. I love to say these five words to the spouse who's been a bozo and, and damaged their relationship with their spouse and, 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 and is trying to turn things around. I love to say these five words to them. They're not always on the surface encouraging words, but they're important words. The words are simply, this might take a while. We live in an instant society and unfortunately we've been now hardwired to think that everything should happen quickly and if it doesn't, it's not worth waiting around for. But there's so much of the transformation process that Jesus wants to do in us and through us and the fruit He wants us to bear that's actually going to take a while because anything worth building takes a while. Now, as a church, we've been, uh, I launched the invitation uh, on January 31 to spend February reading John chapter 15, which is where we've been taking the message, uh, this message series from words, some of Jesus' famous last words, John chapter 15. So if you open your Bible apps, it's probably already tuned, dialed in to John chapter 15. If not, you can do that. This is a little bit of info about the Bible app. You'll figure it out. You're smart. If not, we are going to put the words on the screen, some of Jesus' famous last words, he said this to his followers. And by the way, he said this to his followers. He was about to die and he was about to leave them to build the church. He talked about bearing fruit. It was about, hey, you guys are gonna take over the job of building the church. Okay, I'm the vine. This is Jesus. I'm the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. This second verse, it's pretty fruity. We see the word fruit, fruit and fruitful in one sentence, it's a lot of fruit. Question, how many of you wanna be fruitful in your lives? Let me just uh, get a little, you know, see who I'm talking to here. Okay, most of you, all right, the rest disinterested, that's fine, you're bad. Uh, we're actually hardwired for fruitfulness. Right back in the beginning, let me jump in the Wayback Machine. Back to Genesis. Genesis records how God created the heavens and the earth, created everything in the, the, the earth. And at the end of it, he looked and he went, <laughs> good job, God. And uh, then he said to all of his creation, a very simple thing. Bless them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. God spoke that, 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 that promise to us. And so today, humanity is hardwired 
for fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is our default position. Fruitfulness, it comes from the inside. It's something from the heart of God that He wants us to be fruitful. And we might think it's because we walk through the self-help section at the airport bookshop. No, it's because God's hardwired the desire to be fruitful smack bang on the inside of us. But, but Jesus, He says some stuff here that, 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 that's actually a little bit weird maybe. This second verse, some of you might have a love-hate relationship with this second verse because wouldn't it be great if Jesus said this, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, He rewards. That'd be cool. In fact, it almost makes sense. And you go, yeah, turn up for the medal ceremony. Jesus, I'm bearing fruit. Bring on the reward. And He says, Mm, well, not exactly. In fact, the infuriating thing here is that God prunes the stuff that doesn't bear fruit and He prunes the stuff that does bear fruit. I said it last week, you snipped if you do and you snipped if you don't. Snip, snip. Because at any point in time on a vine, there's two types of wood. There's dead wood and there's live wood. The dead wood doesn't bear fruit, hasn't borne fruit, isn't going to bear fruit. So it gets cut off. We, we, we get that. But what's the deal with the stuff that gets pruned because it's being fruitful? Well, Stewie and I, Stewie the Splits Roberts and I, um, doing a bit of cycling training at the moment. I'd say get the podcast from last week. Unfortunately, it's not a video cast. If it was, my gosh. But Stuart did the splits twice, proving that it's not just Bruno Mars. I've signed him up for next year's Super Bowl halftime show. Um, we did some, some cycling. And so yesterday, uh, summertime, we're up through the Bickley Valley, going up, cycling through the Bickley Valley. This is what the Bickley Valley, or one part of it, is looking like right now. Flip that picture. Look at that. Summertime in the Bickley Valley. Beautiful, green, lush. The, the pickers are about to go in, pick the fruit, uh, grapevines on the hillside. Absolutely magnificent. Beautiful, beautiful. Fruit full season in the Bickley Valley. Well, here's the thing. At the end of summer, when the seasons shift to autumn, it's gonna actually change a little. Let me flip it over. I didn't get to capture the image. I had to pull one. <laughs> no, there's not gonna be snow in the Bickley Valley in, in autumn, at least not that I think. But um, what's gonna happen is camera one on the left, fruitful season is going to look like in its next season, pruning season. It doesn't look so pretty. Doesn't look so exciting. Doesn't look so glamorous. Who'd want that? Jesus is saying that we're pruned if we don't bear fruit. We're pruned if we do bear fruit. But here's the thing. When He was saying it at the time to His followers, He wouldn't have needed to explain everything because, because they didn't get their grapes from the supermarket. They would have got their grapes from, from a vine that would have been in walking distance to their front door. And so they understood seasons and they understood fruitfulness and they understood pruning. We need a little bit of help. 
to understand this whole process. We get the first bit, the stuff that doesn't bear fruit, the dead wood gets cut off because fruitless is useless. But what's the deal with being pruned when you're bearing fruit? Well, thankfully, reading John chapter 15 every day, you get to read a different version every day. Well, you don't get to, you, I've chosen to. And one of the versions I read this week was from what's called the Amplified Bible. No, it doesn't mean it's louder. It means there's more explanation as you read along. Really uh, beneficial to get some added perspective. Here's what the Amplified Version, how they record Jesus' words. Verse 2, any branch in me that does not bear fruit, stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. Duh, we get that. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it, ah, to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. You start to read this, this all of a sudden can start to sound appealing because we wanna sign up for the last line. I'd love to bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Well, guess what? The ticket to ride that particular rodeo is being pruned. Now, the difference is the, the stuff that doesn't bear fruit is cut off, but the stuff that does bear fruit is cut back. But it's cut back so it can come back. You get that? And, 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 and hang on, the, the, the stuff that doesn't bear fruit, the dead word is cut off, but the stuff that does bear fruit isn't cut off, it's cut back, but it's cut back so it can come back. Oh, shit. Okay, I am preaching better than you guys are responding right there. And if we don't understand this, because we're supermarket shoppers, if we don't understand this, Here's what happens. We're in a fruitful season. It's summertime in my valley. I'm fruity. I'm loving this. I'm productive. I'm effective. I'm growing. I'm like, boom, look at the grapes hanging from my branches. Bam-o. And God comes along and goes, snip, snip. Pruning season has begun. If we don't understand that the purpose of pruning is so that we can bear more and richer and more excellent fruit, we can try and, and dig our heels in. See, the job of the branch is to yield to the one doing the pruning. But if you want to dig your heels in, you say, God, what the heck are you pruning for? Don't you have any idea how this works? Don't you know what you're doing? You're an idiot. I'm fruity. And God says, snip, snip. And you go, no, I'm fruitful. What are you snipping me for? I've been snipped before. What are you snipping me for again? And God says, hey, no, you've been snipped before, pal. But that was the last pruning season. And guess what? The power is same. It's pruning season again. I hate pruning season. Yeah, okay, but... If you understand that pruning season is the pathway to production season, you'll yield to the pruning. Pruning season. Ugh. Preparation season. Boring. Oh. Production season. Yep. And then the power of same. 
End of production season. It's fruiting season again, followed by preparation season, followed by production season. If we don't yield to the pruning season, we'll never experience the production season. We need to understand that. Now, a <laughs> little bit of bonus tip. I'm a good guy. If you don't like pruning season, if you don't ever want to get pruned again, let me give you the inside scoop. It's simple. Stop bearing fruit. That's it. Never get pruned again. Sounds like a Who song, do we? Who's the Who? Yeah, I get it. Be delicious. What do you What do you think? Uh, so, so, so you don't like being pruned? Just that's, that's fine. Stop bearing fruit. You get cut off. Go on. But if you want to be increasingly fruitful, my recommendation is yield to the pruning season. You can get cut back. You can come back. Now, <clears throat> this is the glamorous season, right? Like, this is cool. This is where the tourists come out. This is, this is where all the wogs go and buy your stuff. I can say wogs because I married one. Um, I'm only racist towards wogs. That's not racist. That's right. I married one. She's fruity. This is the glamorous season. We like this season. The production season, the pruning season and the preparation season, they can seem like nothing's happening. They can feel frustrating and, 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 and no one likes to feel frustrated. I get that. And I'm going to speak to that in a moment. But before I do, <laughs> if you have a feeling frustrated because you're not being fruitful, just helicopter up and ask yourself the question, have I actually planted the seed for the fruit that I'm hoping to produce? Because you have to be the village idiot if you think you're going to reap a harvest from seed, you then sow, Right? Got to sow, sow some seed to bear some fruit. Frustrated I didn't get an A in that exam that I didn't study for. Frustrated about the friends I don't have from the hospitality I never showed. No one ever invites me over their house. Yeah. Someone's got to go first. Sow some seed. Frustrated about the financial help God didn't provide from the giving you didn't do. God, there's no financial harvest. Yeah, because you ate all the seed. If you'd sown some, you'd actually be eating fruit. It's better than eating seed, but you, you ate all the seed. You can't get frustrated about that sort of stuff, but I'm talking about the feeling of frustration between the pruning season, waiting through the preparation season, hoping to get to the production season, this time can feel intensely frustrating. But they're not do-nothing seasons. Understand that they're not do-nothing. There's a purpose to them and there's a part that we play 
in the pruning and the preparation season. Jesus said it. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while, throw that up, Pete, next one. While, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll be even more fruitful. Bearing fruit takes a while. And so my question is, is what you're doing worth your while? Is what I'm doing worth my while? A couple of months ago, I had an email pop up from our ISP, IINET. And the email popped up and said, your, your monthly quota is about to reach capacity. And I'm like, no, it isn't. I got some serious gigabytes on my data plan. And I don't do the illegal stuff. No torrents, no nothing, just web browsing and, and, and internet radio. 250 gigabytes a month. It tells me that you've only got a few gig left and it's about to be throttled back. I've got NBN. I don't get throttled back, buddy. You might as well cut off my head before you cut off my high-speed data transfer. Be less painful. What's going on? Well, it turns out someone hacked our system. Hacked our system. What is the... What does the extension .rs stand for? No, I'm just kidding. It stands for Russia. That's not what happened. But someone hacked our system, stole our gigs. So I said, I know, can you do something about it? No. What? It's not our problem. Yeah, it is. I pay you. You understand that the words ISP stand, the last two letters stand for service provider and you're about to provide none and still charge me. In fact, they're going to charge me 10 bucks a day more. Mm. Anyway, I felt a bit frustrated. My ISP wasn't being fruitful. That's not the sort of thing I'm talking about. <laughs> and I fixed it. And anyway, how many would like a notification to pop up when you're going over capacity in your life? Wouldn't that be cool? You ever feel overwhelmed? Overcapacity, too much to handle. Does anyone ever feel that way? Wouldn't it be great if just before you get to that, just some notification popped up. Boom! You're about to go over capacity. You, you might need to review some stuff. Wouldn't that be cool? Because actually we didn't have that notification. And what happens is, is it's not until we go over capacity and stuff starts to fall apart. Wouldn't it be great if we had something? that could warn us. See, we need to understand that, that, that Jesus said that, 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 that He is the vine and we're the branches. We need to understand that's how this thing works. See, He's the vine. It means He has unlimited resources and we're the branches. It means we don't have unlimited resources. And yet some of us live life as if we've got unlimited resources, unlimited energy, unlimited time. And we just keep piling on and piling on and piling on and piling on and piling on. And we think we're being more fruitful and more fruitful and more fruitful. Never pruning, just more fruitful, more branches, more fruitful. Never pruning, more fruitful, more branches. Never pruning. 
Never asking the question, is what I'm doing worth my while? Because don't confuse busyness with fruitfulness. My father-in-law, Carmine, we call him Carl. Carl. If you've never had an Italian father-in-law, let me tell you how it works. You're not married yet? You think you like Italian girls? Listen closely. Maybe some of the best premarital counseling you're ever going to get before you marry Lucia. So Carl came over. Italian father-in-laws don't wait for an invitation. They just appear. So Carl appeared. And at the in our driveway, just in front of the front door, is a lemon tree. Put that in myself. And uh, he has a look around my little kitchen garden before he announces his presence. He does a full recon. Takes photos me- mentally. Takes notes mentally. And, 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 and his next move is to open the door and, and, and produce the report, the assessment, okay? And he knows I'm not a wog, so he, he feels very contemptuous towards me before he even opens the door. So I'm already behind the eight ball there. Carl walks in, hello. Marco, yeah, come here, okay. This is a lemon tree, yeah. Got a lot of fruit. I'm straight. Too much. Too much. Why? Yes, it's uh, too much of fruit. I'm like, are you mental? How, how can you have too much fruit? Now, this was back in September, right? We were just sort of budding, little, little green, you know, back in September. Too much of fruit. I said, I, I like lemons. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them. I'm going to do all sorts of clever things with them. Anything that we can't use, we'll preserve. I'll preserve. Preserve. And it's fine, mate. There's no such thing as too much lemons. <laughs> You're stupid. Because of this tree, she got too much fruit. And because of what happened, because they have too much fruit, when are the, when are the time to, uh, you know, Pick the fruit. The, the fruit is going to be uh, way too small because you got too much fruit and it's going to be way too small because of the, the, the branches, too many branches, not can support the, 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 the energy for the fruit. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we married 18 years. You'd think I'd know by now. He was growing edible produce before he could walk back in the old country. I went to the supermarket with my mum before I could walk, but doesn't suggest I know more than Carl. But I still sometimes just, you know, I don't know, stubborn pride, I don't know. Yep, I said, all right, no worries. September, no worries. I'll just prune it now, I'll go... <clears throat> get my little fist cars, put it now. Nah, you really are a stupid. 
because now she's in not a pruny season. The, the pruny season, the pruny season is April. And, and he says it like I should know. He says it like every seven billion people on the planet should know. No, my, no, Marco, no. The pruny season, she's April. You know, like a Easter. Now it's September. You're not pruny in September. It's too late. You missed the pruny season. Now the fruit is going to be very, very small. I, I picked some of our lemons this morning because it's starting to yellow up. So they're, they're getting ready. The, the, the plant is a eureka lemon, you know, like just the sort of like, you know, garden known variety of lemons that you buy in the supermarket, you know, big, yellow, waxy, fruity ones. And these are the good ones. <laughs> it's probably about half a cup of juice in all those combined. <laughs> I missed the pruny season. I just kept on adding branches. I just kept on letting the fruit come. I just kept on letting this thing grow and grow and grow, thinking that more branches and more buds is gonna mean more fruit. And actually what I discovered, yeah, it might mean more fruit, but not one single piece of that fruit is gonna grow and produce to its potential. So you can have lots of busy things going on in your life. You can be producing lots of fruit, but if you've got more things going on in your life that God called you to, sorry, rewind the tape, podcast, then God called you to, gee, this English language. You got to more the, the branches. It's easier to talk in Italian. Well, it's not really Italian. We call it English. Um, <clears throat> So I'm asking the question, is what you're doing worth your while? God can't, you can't do what God's called you to do with your whole heart if you're spending stuff, time on stuff that's not worth your while. Don't confuse busyness with fruitfulness. Now, beginning of the year is a great time to add things in. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is, add stuff. Cool. It's also a great time of the year to, to prune some stuff. Don't just be about starting the year by thinking you're going to add more branches. Start the year by asking the question, is what I'm doing worth my while? Is there some things in my life that aren't priorities, that aren't what God's called me to do and yield to the pruning season before it's too late, before you have to wait for a whole nother season to do the pruning. Don't confuse busyness with fruitfulness. Here's a list that some of you might even relate to. Signs that you are too busy. You're neglecting God. Oh, God. I got no time for you, mate. I love you, but you're not on the list. Lack of self-care. Chronic lateness. Illness. Self-medicating. Neglecting important relations. It's a pretty standard list. And I took this list from a book that's just dropped called Breaking Busyness. Subtitle, Break Busy Before Busy Breaks You. I'm gonna try to read that. <laughs> By the audio book. And if this is speaking to you, if this is making sense to you, if you think, yeah, that's me, I, I got too many branches, then, then this isn't a warning. 
Remember the lemons. Lots of lemons, all of them unimpressive. Then your job, the thing you need to put at the top of the list from today is snip. Is what I'm doing worth my while? Do I need to learn how to say no? Do I need to develop the practice of every time I add something to my to-do list, I take something off my to-do list? I don't know. You're cool. But if that's the case... Let me finish with just one little piece of advice. Can I strongly encourage you, if you are going to yield to pruning some busyness in your life, can I encourage you? I've been in church leadership for 20 years. And uh, if I had a lemon... I've been in church leadership for 20 years, and, and often, too often, what I've seen with people that, that realize that they're too busy and, and, and know they need to start pruning some branches, what I've seen too often is the first things on the list that they start to cut are the things of God. They're busy, so I'm going to quit the Elevate team that I'm serving in. So busy, haven't got time for relationships, so that every two-week Elevate group that I'm a part of, I'm just going to actually opt out. Too many financial commitments, so uh, haven't, got, haven't got anything left over to give to God, so I'll take the God giving bit off the list so I can, you know, please. For your sake of fruitfulness and for the sake of God's kingdom, do not take the things of God off the list first. And can I even maybe go so far as to say, don't take the things of God off the list at all. In fact, some of you probably need to put some of the things of God on your list, but I'm talking specifically about the pruning thing. Jesus said something really, really, really great, which is either true or it's not. I like to think the stuff he said is true. He said this really cool thing. Seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. Let me ask a question as I finish this morning. Some of you, this early stage of the year, your next step is to actually start following Jesus, putting him on your list, submitting to him, wanting to have that relationship, recognizing that he's divine and you want to be one of the branches, we're going to give you that opportunity right now, just as we finish up. You've never connected your life to Jesus. You've never decided to follow him. In a moment, I want you just to slip your hand up. You say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start that relationship today. I want to get connected to the vine. And when I see your hand, you can put it down. We'll just quickly pray. Just as I'm looking across our auditorium, finishing up here, but this is the most important thing we do. Those of you that have never actually said, yeah, I want to be connected to Jesus, you just put your hand up now. Say, that's me this morning. And when I see a hand, you can put it down. And we're going to pray. 